What can you do with CloudWatch metrics? In today's episode, we are going to discuss what CloudWatch is, and in particular, we are going to focus on CloudWatch metrics. We are going to discuss what are the characteristics of metrics, like namespaces, dimensions, units, and even more. Also, what metrics you can get out of the box directly from AWS and how you can create your own custom metrics how to access and explore all these metrics that you have been collecting for your applications. And finally, we'll try to compare CloudWatch to other providers so that we can assess whether CloudWatch is enough or if you need to use any other third-party service. My name is Luciano and today I'm joined by Owen and this is AWS Bytes Podcast. So CloudWatch is a service with multiple subcategories. We know it's not just about metrics. There are a number of things that you can do with CloudWatch. We have been discussing uh, many times about, for instance, logs and dashboards or alarms. Uh, so let, let's try to, to, to make sense of all these things, but in particular, we want to focus on metrics. One interesting thing that I want to mention, just because we said in previous episodes, is that uh, there is also a feature related to events in CloudWatch that probably if you've been using AWS long enough, you will remember every time you were trying to create a Lambda on schedule, it will create like a CloudWatch event for you. All the stuff is now under the umbrella of EventBridge. So we have explored that when we spoke about EventBridge. So check out that episode if you haven't done already. So yeah, again, today we are just going to focus on the metrics component of CloudWatch. So why don't we start by trying to describe what a metric is in CloudWatch? Yeah, so a metric is a, essentially a time series of data points from your systems. And in CloudWatch terms, metrics are defined by some of the things you mentioned, like a namespace, you have a unit, a value for each metric, and then you have uh, dimensions as well. So let's talk about what each of these terms mean. So a namespace, you'll always see at the, at the top level. So namespace is a container for all your metrics. For an example, if you have some of the services metrics coming from AWS itself, like for EC2, you'll have a namespace of AWS forward slash EC2. And you can create your own metrics and give them uh, your own namespace as well. Now, beyond that, you can have dimensions. And for every metric, you can have up to 10 dimensions. And that's essentially a different way of categorizing your metric. And when you store a metric with multiple dimensions, CloudWatch is actually storing multiple copies of that metric just with different dimensions. So some examples of that are, if you look at the duration metric you get for Lambda functions, that metric is actually stored by function name. So you can query it by function name, but you can also query it by function name plus version. Mm -hmm. And a lot of AWS service metrics are stored in multiple different dimensions. So you can query them depending on what you know uh, about what you're trying to query. Um, the important thing to be aware of there is that each dimension is stored separately, so it's also priced as an additional metric. If you've got too many dimensions, you try to create dimensions dynamically based on something that changes frequently within your application, mm -hmm. that can result in escalating cost. And that's one of the things that can catch people out. So try to reduce the number of dimensions and keep them constant. So that apart from dimensions and namespace, you can also specify the unit. So when you store a metric in CloudWatch, you can specify that it's... Uh, represents a number of seconds or account bytes or and percent it, it can also change the way the data is stored um, internally and what what kind of queries you can do on it but it's also useful metadata that you can use when you're creating graphs and dashboards so those are the main properties of a cloudwatch metric and it's important to understand how those 
how, the, how they're stored and how you can query them. So we'll get to that and we can talk in detail about how you can explore these metrics. But maybe we should talk about the different types of metrics as well, right? So we mentioned EC2 and Lambda. So you can get those out of the box metrics, but you can also create your own. So how would you categorize those two things, Luciano? Yeah, so as you said, we have out-of-the-box metrics that are things that you would expect to, to see for the, the, the kind of AWS services you use. For instance, mm. if you spin up an EC2, anytime you can see what is the CPU usage, you can see a bunch of things mm. like that. And same for Lambda, you can say, uh, you can see, for instance, I don't know, average Lambda duration. All of these things are stored in CloudWatch as metrics out-of-the-box. You don't need to do anything to enable them. So anytime you can just go in, check this metrics, build dashboards, build alarms based on those metrics. And most importantly, they are given to you for free and every service will have a long list of metrics. So just go in the documentation and you will find what kind of metrics are supported. What do they mean? I have to say sometimes the naming is not extremely obvious what the metric actually means. For instance, mm. I don't know, if you look at SQS, there are some mm. naming that, that might be a little bit confusing. So make sure to check the documentation because there you can find a good description of what the metric actually means. Again, the name sometimes is not enough to, to make entirely sense of the metric. Um, uh, what else can we say there that, uh, um, yeah, so sometimes there are metrics that I wish were there, but they aren't. So you Definitely. can, you can, <laughs> kind of fill that gap by providing your own custom metrics. So there are, of course, ways to, to and ways and APIs that you can use to basically say, when I'm recording a certain unit and I would like to, to see this in the future as a metric, maybe because I, I want to build a, a dashboard or maybe because I want to build custom alarms based on these mm. metrics, you can do that. And of course, it takes a little bit of work, but you can definitely do that. And another case where this is useful is not just for technical metrics, Maybe, I don't know, if you want to keep track of resources that you're spinning up and certain characteristics of those resources that are not supported out of the box, mm -hmm. you can also use custom metrics for business reasons. For instance, I don't know, you may, might want to know how many users are logged in in your platform at a given moment in time, or mm -hmm. how many purchases are you generating in, mm -hmm. I don't know, a unit of time. So yeah. you can definitely use CloudWatch also for more business-oriented kind of metrics and use yeah. the custom metrics for that. I, I think that's really useful, actually, and sometimes more useful than the custom technical metrics, because mm -hmm. the metrics at a technical level can sometimes create a lot of noise because there are so many of them. But if you look at in your business, what's actually important to you? And like you say, if you have an e-commerce application and you're tracking how many purchases have been made, you generally know that the number of purchases you expect in a given hour or a minute is going to be, let's say, 20,000. And you can create an alarm on that metric that says, Okay, if the number of purchases it drops below a certain threshold, or maybe even exceeds a certain threshold, then let me know with an alarm. And sometimes that's a lot more useful than looking at detailed technical metrics, which can be mm -hmm. very noisy, because it's telling you that something actually important to your business is being affected here. So, like, if if you suddenly have half the number of e-commerce e transactions being processed, that's something that you can act on pretty quickly, and you know what that means for your business. Um, so yeah. I, I think that's a really good one. Another example that I have in the past, this was not built on CloudWatch metrics actually, but I think it, the same example applies. You can build it with CloudWatch metrics, but I was working on an application that, that had some custom metrics looking at the number of logged in users. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. there were good number of users constantly throughout the day, but suddenly we saw that the number dropped to zero. 
and mm-hmm. that helped us to realize that there was an issue with the login system when yeah, we didn't have other alarms that could tell us otherwise so having the custom metric was very useful because we could immediately see that something looked wrong there and we could investigate find the issue and fix it as fast as possible yeah. really good you, when you mentioned as well these um, missing service metrics i one of the things i find is is really missing from aws metrics is if you have everything aws billing as we know is very complex but everything is built based on a certain unit of consumption Mm-hmm. I would really like if CloudWatch metrics out of the box gave you everything that was billable as a metric so that you could create alarms and observe trends in usage. So, mm-hmm. you, for example, I would a very basic one would be give me a metric on the number of running EC2 instances per instance type or the number of running containers per ECS cluster. Um, but those things don't exist out of the box. And I've had many situations where as part of cost control, you end up using event bridge events um, to keep track of when things start and stop. And then you can Mm. increment your own counter, create running containers metrics, and then use that to anticipate billing problems before they occur. Because billing billing data is, there's always a lag before you get billing utilization data. So I'd really like if everything that was billable, if it was just a hard and fast rule in AWS, everything that was billable was also available as a metric. And that would help you keep an eye on costs much better. Yeah, that would be really useful. Absolutely. One for the AWS wish list. Yes, we'll send something that way. <laughs> so how do you access metrics then? Let's say you you have custom mm-hmm. metrics that you created or you just want to look at the uh, metrics that you get out of the box from AWS. How do we access mm-hmm. them? Yeah, so you can use the, there's a, as, as with everything, you can use the API and the SDK to read these this metric data. More commonly, this is one of the cases where you'll jump into the AWS console and mm-hmm. use the metrics explorer and the metrics dashboard to create graphs or yeah, to, to create graphs and look at um, look at them in different chart types, you know, line graphs, bar graphs, mm-hmm. or just numeric values. Um, but it's important to understand that when you're metri- accessing these metrics, you don't access individual data points in the time series, you're always accessing statistics. So when you store metrics, AWS is accumulating all these different statistics for you at different levels of granularity. And that's what you can query. You're not querying individual records. So it's not like you're running queries against this time series database. So that's something that it's a fundamental concept that's important to understand. So Mm -hmm. when you store like a count, it's going to internally record like the average and the minimum and the maximum and the sum per minute, for example. But it also has a lot more kind of in-depth um, statistics functions. So it'll store the sam- sample count, but also percentiles. So you can query any percentile. And there's also some more complex one like trimmed mean and stuff. You can look into the AWS documentation for that. Um, yeah. So the, the, the user interface is not as slick as some of the third-party offerings, but it is practically very useful. So if you understand what you're doing and get a bit of familiarity with it, it is really, really quite good. You can also perform some mathematical operations. So you can do metric math uh, to mm-hmm. combine multiple statistics together and do uh, formulae on them. Um, so we mentioned that we're storing statistics, right? And not individual values. So then it's kind of important to talk about resolution and metrics are typically stored at one minute level aggregations. Now for EC2 metrics, it, it used to be that the default was five minutes. So for EC2, if you want one minute, granularity, you have to enable detailed metrics, and there's a cost implication of that. Um, 
So that's important to realize. But you also have the ability for, for some metrics, like custom metrics, to specify one second granularity. So those are called high resolution metrics. And there's an extra cost with that because you're storing essentially 60 times the, the volume as you would with minute level aggregations. Um, there is a, a recent feature called CloudWatch Metrics Insights as well, which is just another way of accessing those metrics. And it allows you to write SQL-like queries on metrics instead of just using the UI to build metrics. Mm -hmm. um, I guess just one, one point um, to note about one second granularity, so these high resolution metrics, they're not very common, but when you go to the dashboard and you're building graphs in AWS console, there's a dropdown where you can specify the period of granularity you're trying to present in your graph. Uh, one of the options there is one second, and that option appears whether those metrics are available at one second granularity or not, but more often than not, it's just going to show you one minute, one minute granularity. Yeah, and that can be confusing because, for instance, sometimes you have, uh, using the mathematical formula as well, you have graphs that are trying to display, I don't know, for instance, limits in Kinesis, right? Throughput limits. Mm -hmm. And you yep. get like a red bar that shows you how close you, you are getting to the limit. That mm -hmm. red bar is used, is basically built using a formula that uses the, the resolution. And mm -hmm. if you switch mm -hmm. to seconds, it gets pretty confusing because the bar will be calibrated for the second. So you get mm. a certain level, yeah. but while the data that you are still seeing is by the minute. So mm -hmm. yeah, it doesn't immediately make sense and it can be confusing. So just, just be aware of this particular thing and make sure you, you are looking at the, the, the basically the, the aggregation unit that, that you actually expect there at that yeah. moment in time. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and it's important to be aware of the the metrics retention then. So different granularities are are retained by CloudWatch for different periods of time, isn't that right? Yes, that's something actually we can discuss in a little bit more detail. So for instance, if you have uh, um, data points for a period that is less than 60 seconds, they are available for three hours. And this is also something that sometimes is confusing because it looks mm. like if you are looking, I don't know, for instance, you had a daily run of something and then the next day you want to look back at it mm -hmm. and depending on the level of um, what kind of uh, period do you select basically you, it looks like you are, you are missing data or something was not mm -hmm. actually running but in reality if you increase the period you are going to see data just aggregated at a different period so just just be careful with that if you're looking at very small periods you need to look not too way behind in the past otherwise yeah. the data will be missing so it makes sense to look at this data just a few hours after it, the data was recorded. So yeah, the, if let's let's mention the other ones because I think it can be interesting just to understand this concept better. So if you're looking at data points with a period of 60 seconds, uh, they are available for 15 days. So that's generally, I think, a good average. Like if you generally look at 60 seconds, I think that will work well enough for most of the mm -hmm. use cases. But of course, if you want to look even more in the past, like more than 15 days, you can aggregate by five minutes. So in that case, you get retention for 63 days. And if you even want to look even more than that in the past, you can look at one hour aggregation, which will be available for 15 months. That makes sense. And I guess then it's just a question of understanding which statistic function you need to select when you're looking at messages. Mm -hmm. So if you're looking at duration for a Lambda function, what do you want to see? Do you want to see the average duration per period or do you want to see the maximum duration? Uh, maybe for duration, you actually want to look at a percentile that makes more mm -hmm. sense, like the 95th percentile. Um, but if you're looking at um, Lambda invocations, you might look at the sum of invocations. 
uh, for a period. But if you're looking at concurrent executions, that doesn't make sense to look at a sum because concurrent executions is already like a, a sum in its own right. So you might look at the maximum concurrent executions. So you have to kind of understand the nature of these metrics and what they mean to, in order to pick the right statistical function. But the documentation for all of these metrics will kind of help you and it'll tell you for each metric kind of which function you should be using to um, explore them. Also, this is something we'll be mentioning probably later on during the episode, but I think similar concept applies even if you use third-party alternatives, like, yeah. I don't know, Datadog, mm-hmm. or even if you use your own StatsD and Grafana, you, you need to know exactly what kind of data are you storing, how it's structured, and then you'll be using different functions to, to fetch this data and make sense of it. So this is not unique to, to CloudWatch. Okay, so let's say that now we, we want to create some custom metrics. How do we create one? And there are a bunch of different ways. Where do we want to start? Maybe we can start with the most obvious, the, the, the fundamental operation mm-hmm. there, which is the put metrics data API. So if you want to create a metric, you call the API with your SDK and you can put a metric and you'll specify the namespace, the dimensions, the unit, the value. I'm not sure if I'm forgetting anything else, but that's fundamentally it. Mm-hmm. Um, and this one so you, is interesting because it has a lot of limits. Mm, so if yeah. you want to use it like one-off, it's probably fine. It's a good way to create one-off metric. But if you want to have a process that is constantly ingesting metric this way, it's very easy that you're going to bump into limits. We'll be mentioning an article in the show notes that explores some of these limits, mm. how you mm-hmm. can work around some of them. You can also use compression if you want to overcome some of the limitations around the payload sides. Mm. So it's an interesting one, but I wouldn't say is the most convenient if you really want to store a lot of metrics over time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a pain when you have to work around all those limits. Um, I know you've got the CloudWatch agent as well, which is one of the old older mechanisms for posting metrics, particularly if you're on EC2 and you want to collect metrics from your EC2 instance, custom metrics and post them. So you can use like StatsD and, or CollectD and CloudWatch, the CloudWatch agent can pick those up and post them into CloudWatch. Um, and that also supports something called EMF, which is embedded metrics format. And that is one of the newer features. Well, maybe it's been around a few years now, but I think it's one of the most useful additions to the whole space of CloudWatch metrics. Do you want to describe what EMF metrics is and why it makes such a difference and how it compares to just using put metric data? Mm -hmm. Yeah, so I suppose the way we can think about EMF is like, rather than calling a specific API with a specific structure to to store all the information, you're just going to log a JSON structure that contains all that information, then something else will pick up those logs and make sure that all that information is translated into CloudWatch and stored for you. And uh, this is something that uh, works out of the box, for instance, with AWS Lambda. So in Lambda, if you produce logs that are JSON objects that conform the EMF specification, then something, some process around Lambda will pick up those logs line and you will see the metrics appearing in CloudWatch metrics for you. Mm-hmm. And um, they are not priced like put metric data. I'm not sure if you if you still pay something or if they are entirely free. Do you remember about that? You you still pay for having the metrics. So there's a the, we could talk mm-hmm. about the pricing a little bit. Uh, but the metrics you, you you avoid the cost of the put metrics data API because exactly. the API requests are priced separately. So you avoid the cost and also the latency because put metrics data will have a latency because there's a network request there. So if you can imagine, you're performing some. Uh, 
time-sensitive function. Every time you call put metrics data, you've got a HTTP request in there. Exactly. But if you're just writing to the console, and that's going to be logged back, logged into CloudWatch logs, that's a much more efficient operation. So it's it, it gets around all of that. It gets around the cost. It gets around the latency, and it's just way better for performance. And you don't have to worry about limits. Yeah, that's to me the biggest selling point that it's yeah. way friendlier when you because you don't have to think as much about all the different types of limits and all the different dimensions that will make you hit the limits. You just yeah. log these lines and you are pretty much guaranteed that eventually your your metrics will appear in CloudWatch metrics. Yeah, it's it's it's, it's like magic and um I think it, it it has the side effect then of because it becomes so easy to create custom metrics, then people are tend to create more and you end up with much more insight into your system. So it has that mm -hmm. nice side effect. The only drawback I'd say is that the, the structure you need to create for EMF metrics is quite strange. It's quite uh, unwieldy. If mm -hmm. you were to design a, J, a nested JSON structure for story metrics, you wouldn't exactly do it this way, but I'm sure there's logic behind it. It's a small price to pay. And there are libraries. AWS do provide libraries for generating this format in JavaScript and Java and uh, Python. And if you're using Python, the AWS Lambda Power Tools makes this really easy. It's really nice. It has some really mm -hmm. nice support for it. Yeah, and I suppose that will also help you to avoid mistakes because if you are trying to create that object structure yourself, most likely you might do some mistakes in particular edge cases. Using a library, all the stuff will be covered for you and you just have a simpler interface that you can rely on. Yeah. One I thing that I, I have on this one is that it, this is not uh, supported, I suppose, everywhere. Like if you mm -hmm. want to use this in, on Fargate or EC2, you'll yeah. need to figure out like different ways of uh, making sure that the data is ingested. For instance, we mentioned in EC2, you can use the agent. Yeah. But if you are using uh, ECS or Fargate, I, I don't know if you can use the agent straight away, but what you could do is yeah. you could ingest this data some way like using a kinesis mm -hmm. stream and then process it through a lambda that will actually emit these logs and yep. then these logs will be picked up so if there is a little bit of indirection but you can find yeah. an other ways to make sure that the emf format gets ingested i wish yeah, that there I would know. be a better support across all the compute uh, i completely services. agree I, especially with something like it's fargate right which is a serverless container it would be nice if it just supported emf metrics out of the box like you get with lambda but I think the way you can do it, I've seen it uh, done on one of our projects where uh, you can create a task definition that has two containers. One is your main application container and the other one is like a sidecar for the CloudWatch agent. And the CloudWatch agent can then pick up the logs and create the EMF metrics for you automatically. I think there's also mm -hmm. another driver. So this is using, normally with a container, most people would use the AWS logs log driver. There's also a, a FireLens driver that AWS provide. And it's not widely used, but I believe it also supports EMF metrics. Oh, that's interesting. Okay. Yeah. So it's uh, great for Lambda. Another another reason maybe just to use Lambda for everything. <laughs> um, but uh, what, what one of the, actually, it seems like we're going on about EMF metrics quite a lot, but uh, maybe there's a good reason for that. One of the great benefits is that while we said you can only access metrics as statistical values in the, in the console, Bear in mind that once you log your metrics as individual records like this, because you want to use EMF, you also get the side benefit that you can now query them in your logs as individual data points. So mm -hmm. you can actually select individual metrics there and you can, I think, actually extend that structure to add in other fields like annotations or labels that you might use for querying. So if you find that, 
okay, your metrics aren't available because the resolution or the retention means they've expired. If you retain your logs, you can actually pull them in with Athena or you can use CloudWatch Logs Insights and you can do really advanced aggregations and queries on them there. So it's uh, very powerful. Mm -hmm. Yeah, probably will be a little bit more bespoke data extraction and aggregation. Uh, yep. And maybe it's not as easy to build graph on, out of that, but nonetheless, mm -hmm. you retain the granularity of that single metric information and, and you can mm -hmm. use it anytime. Yep. Yeah, for sure. Okay. So should we quickly explore pricing? So we already say that there are metrics that are out of the box available and they are pretty much free, if I remember mm -hmm. correctly, and you yep. get uh, five minutes frequency. You can have detailed monitoring uh, metrics. This is, I think, only for EC2, right? For EC2, yeah. Apply yeah. To all. Okay. yeah, the pricing page is quite confusing on that. Um, but the way I understand it is that you only pay for detailed monitoring metrics for one minute of frequency for EC2 because mm -hmm. you, get them for, you get them out of the box for everything else. And, and then you can do 1 million API requests for free to get metric data or get metric widget image, which I believe is like one way that you can create an image for a dashboard basically, or a graph and use it somewhere else. Yeah, so your free tier gives you a million API requests. I think the, the get metric data and get metric widget image are the ones that don't come under the free tier. Mm -hmm. uh, so those are just uh, ones to be mindful of. So for most API requests, you're going to pay like a dollar cent for each 1,000 requests, something of around that order. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And then if you want to create your own custom metrics, that is, I suppose, a little bit hard to tell exactly how much mm. it's going to cost you. Kind I think we estimate, scale, yeah. yeah, we estimated between two cents and 30 cents per metric, depending mm -hmm. on volume and probably depending on the number of dimensions that you're going to create for every metric. So yeah, that, that's uh, something that requires a little bit of uh, an exercise for you if you really want to be accurate about estimating the cost. And then there is the usual API requests. So if you do 1,000 requests, you're going to be paying one cent per every 1,000 requests. So again, another reason not to use the put metric data massively because probably you're going to create thousands yeah. of metrics over a short amount of time, so that will affect your cost. Mm -hmm. Uh, there is another feature called metric streams. Do you want to mention what that is and how can can it be useful? Yeah, metric streams is another relatively new addition to CloudWatch metrics. And the idea there is if you've got a third party application or something else where you need to, that you want to use as a sync for CloudWatch metrics, the traditional means of doing that was to kind of pull on an interval and pull metrics in on a some sort of pre-configured interval. And if you've got a third party, like you're using Datadog, as you mentioned, or you're using New Relic or something else, um, it often ended up in really significant today's. Like sometimes you could people reported, you know, 15 minutes before they could see their metrics in their mm -hmm. uh, APM, I think that's what they call it, right? So that's, you know, not very usable for, you know, real-time troubleshooting. So the idea with metric streams is that AWS will create us literally a stream of metrics through either Firehose, so Kinesis Firehose, and then you can put them in Redshift or uh, S3 bucket from there, or you can go stream them to a third party like Datadog. So I'm not sure exactly which third parties are integrating with metric streams, but the idea there is to give you faster time to insight on your metrics. Mm -hmm. So that's that's the problem I believe that feature was designed to solve. Yeah, and I think that they, they have also ways to easily integrate 
that stream from your AWS account into Datadog or whatever mm-hmm. other service. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, 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 totally, yeah. That's a good okay. point, actually, because we're talking all about CloudWatch metrics, and a lot of people out there probably have used CloudWatch metrics from time to time, but actually have a third-party solution that's their chosen vendor for performance management. Um, what do you think? Should people be going for the CloudWatch instead of using something like Datadog, or is there something else? You is there a limit beyond which you might say, okay, CloudWatch isn't really going to serve my needs anymore. I need to use something more complete. What's the story mm-hmm. there these days? Yeah, if you asked me this question a couple of years ago, I would probably tell you don't use CloudWatch at all. <laughs> just, just use something else. And honestly, it's not because CloudWatch doesn't have the the capabilities that you need. It's mostly because the UI is well used to be way behind the the Mm. competitors now i think that cloudwatch is the team is investing a lot and trying to catch up with the competitors so i I, am seeing a lot of innovation and a lot of improvement and i'm confident that they will get there and you will have a very good service uh, also from from the ui perspective so i'm confident it's a good investment to try to learn cloudwatch and use Mm. it and it can probably for most use cases the only service you need but I still think that they are still a little bit behind what the competition has to offer. For instance, mm-hmm. if you use, I, I've used Datadog mm-hmm. at a quite decent scale, I think. And I have to say that most of the UIs were much more intuitive. It was way easier to understand the data. Also, you get a lot more dashboards out of the box. So you mm-hmm. don't have to configure as many things as you need to configure today in CloudWatch. So I suppose your mileage might vary if you are starting off and you need to just build a few dashboards because it's a small project probably you're not mm. going to notice any big difference but if you have multiple teams using multiple products and producing a lot of metric dashboards alarms probably going with something like datadog will make on one side your life a little bit easier like as a user mm. on the other side you need to make sure that all the integrations are configured correctly you are not missing any data uh, probably yeah, there are features that will require you some like fine-tuned integration. So you need to make sure that all the setup is done right, basically. But at that point, it's probably going to be easier for the people in your team to to avail of that information. Do yeah. you have a similar opinion or do you have a different one? Yeah, I, I agree. I really, it, it really comes down to user experience. And also, like if you've got multiple systems outside of AWS that you're monitoring, then it might make sense to have it all in kind of unified dashboards, mm-hmm. unified performance management systems, and also your logs. Think about that. But I would say that once you get familiar with the user interface in CloudWatch, you can be very productive with it. It just takes a little bit of investment in time because you have to overcome the less fluid user experience that you get with it but like you say the features are there and you certainly benefit from the fact that you don't have to worry about sending your data to a third party and what that entails the latency involved with it the separate pricing arrangement if you want to keep everything under your aws bill with iam you can do quite a lot with with cloudwatch metrics and i think it it is worth uh persisting with if if you're if you're if you don't want to have to bother with uh, another third party. But at the same time, there's a lot of innovation in third parties as well. Like if we see if we see the amount of innovation that comes out of tools like Honeycomb, they're really pushing the boundaries of what observability means and kind of leading the way as well. So I think it's, uh, it, it is worth exploring the space for sure and making your own decisions on it. I, I, one thing we didn't cover is, I, I guess, Grafana and Prometheus are very prominent in this space as well for metrics, logs and mm-hmm. like Grafana particularly for presentation. And you can 
you could you can actually do both, right? So AWS has managed services for both Grafana and Prometheus, and you can use them to visualize. You can use Grafana to visualize your CloudWatch metrics, and you can build a lot more uh, in terms of useful dashboards with Grafana than you can in CloudWatch. So maybe there's a middle ground that where you can combine these things, especially if you've already got Grafana and Prometheus in the organization. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's a good one. Okay, so I think with this, we covered everything we wanted to cover today. Uh, of course, we mentioned that you can do a lot more with CloudWatch, you can do dashboards, you can do alarms, mm -hmm. probably topics that we will be discussing in future episodes. So make sure to subscribe, follow in whatever platform you are using so you can stay in touch with us and be up to date when we publish the next episode. Until then, let us know if you have any question or if you have any comment. And yeah, we look forward to seeing you in the next episode.